You're listening, listening to, to Bible, Bible Plus. Bible Plus from Seesaw. Bible Plus is a podcast featuring short, daily discussions of every chapter in the New Testament. Bible Plus is designed to increase Bible reading, understanding, and enjoyment. Get more out of the Bible. Hello, and welcome back to Bible Plus. Today we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 18, and I would title this uh, a chapter of knowing where you are, knowing your real condition. So um, there's a lot of small stories in here, and so we're just going to address a few of them. Uh, the the two types of prayer at the beginning of the chapter, the, 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 the healing of the blind man at the end of the chapter, and then we'll conclude with the rich young ruler um, in the middle of the chapter, and, and I'll explain why we're kind of going out of sequence in that sense. So this chapter picks up directly from Luke 17. You know, I think it's important that we realize that, you know, when Luke wrote this, this book, it, it didn't have chapters. And so Luke 17, a chapter full of the Lord's appearing and the signs of his coming, um, leads us directly into two parables about prayer. And I believe Luke, guided by the Spirit, wanted us to realize that as the Lord's appearing approaches, our response should be prayer, especially um, especially prayer in, in these two types of ways. So the first story is about the, the persistent widow who continually badgers and <laughs> says even wears out this unrighteous judge. Um, and, and then at the end, it says something striking. It says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So, in a, from its face, this may seem a little unclear. Um, so, I'll just briefly, the widow here represents us. As the church, we are, uh, right now, it's, it's as though we're widowed. Our, our husband, Christ, he, he's apart from us. And, you know, I, I, we are vulnerable like a widow. We need someone to, to intercede for us. We need someone to to intervene in the circumstances in our, that are besetting us. And God here, the Lord likens God in a sense to an unrighteous judge. Now we have to be very careful here. Um, it, God is righteous. God is righteousness. But from our limited earthly perception, sometimes we may have this feeling, how, how could God be righteous if he allows this to happen to me? To I, I'm doing, you know, I'm pursuing him and he allows this thing to befall me. You know, this is really the, the central question of the book of Job. Um, and, and so in a sense, although God is righteous in our understanding, our, our concept of him, it, he, he may not seem righteous at the time. However, we need to learn from the widow to continue to pray. And the faith that the Lord talks about here in verse eight, when the son of man comes, will he find faith? The faith is that our persistence and our continued returning to God to, to request that he intervene on in our situation and in the world situation, that that faith is, in a sense, what triggers the Lord's return. Because the ultimate solution to every problem in the world and in our personal universe is the returning of Christ. Now, the Lord may intervene in our personal universes and in the world before his full ultimate solution, which is his return. But 
we need to recognize that the only hope for the earth is that Christ would return. And in these days, I think we can see more and more that the whole world is crying out for something, that some radical shift, which whether or not they know will come when the son of man returns. Okay. So a persistent prayer in light of the Lord's coming. And then this, this prayer of humility, and this ties in with what I think is the theme of this chapter. Uh, so there, there's two types of prayer mentioned here in the second, uh, second parable. Uh, there's a Pharisee. And I often, sometimes when I read this, I, I wonder, why did he pray? <laughs> what was the point? Because if you read his prayer, it's just talking about how he's really good. And I mean, not God, he, the Pharisee is really good and does everything right and is better than this sinner over here. Um, whereas the tax collector, he, he recognizes his problem and he says, God be propitiated to me, the sinner. And this is really powerful. You know, we don't use that word propitiated very often, but it, it's, it means to appease, to reconcile, um, to, to, to bring parties back together. And I think, you know, this, this verb voice here, this passive voice is really significant that this, the, the tax collector recognizes he has nothing in his power to propitiate himself back to God, to, to appease the problem that God has with him. And he needs, he needs someone to come in. He needs the savior. And, you know, the more we see, and we'll see as we conclude this podcast, we all need, even as sage people, we need someone to come in. We, we need, we need the distance to be bridged. We, we, we have, we have problems that we cannot overcome and we need, we need to be propitiated. We need someone to come in. Um, we need God to be propitiated to us rather. So a persistent prayer, a prayer of humility, especially a prayer, uh, that recognizes our condition, uh, that has a full vision of who we are and what we need and calls on God to fill that need. Uh, so these are the types of prayer that, that we should have as the Lord's appearing. We see the Lord's appearing, drawing near Lord. Amen. Come back. Lord, Lord, perfect me for your coming. Lord, Lord, make me a proper vessel for your return. Okay. Got to move on. Uh, so we're going to go to the end of the chapter, which is the healing of, uh, a blind fellow. We know from Mark, his name is Bartimaeus. Uh, and, uh, I, I, this never fails to touch me like in a, I get kind of choked up when I read this because, because think about the plight of a blind man in, in the first century AD. He has, there, there's no social services for him. He, he doesn't have a, a seeing eye dog. There's no braille. He's alone in a, in a completely sightless world. Uh, he, he, he has nothing he can do except beg for his, his whole life will be this. And then he hears there's a man, Jesus, who's giving sight to the blind. And so Bartimaeus knows his condition and he knows the Savior. So when the Savior comes, he doesn't miss his chance. He cries out. He says, son of David, have mercy on me. People tell him, shut up, Bartimaeus. You're disturbing the peace. How could Bartimaeus be quiet? He has to cry out more because this is his one chance for sight, for a real life. And I believe if we would all recognize our, our condition 
how much we need a savior. Even again, as saved people, how much we still need a savior. This, we would be so desperate. We recognize our condition. We recognize the power of the savior passing us by. We would be so desperate to grab this opportunity and, and to, to, to stay with him. And then, you know, Bartimaeus follows him. So as we are healed, we, we have, have we gain the ability to follow the Lord. Okay. Uh, we got to move on here. I, I want to conclude with this. Another man who recognized his condition. So a rich young ruler comes to the Lord and, and there's an excellent parallel. The, the parallel in Mark 10, I'll be borrowing from it a little bit also. Um, <clears throat> he comes to the Lord and he says, I'd like to, to inherit eternal life. What should I do? And the Lord says, you should keep the commandments. Very, you know, very, you know, correct according to the Jewish religion. And he says, yeah, I did that. And this, you know, it's easy to kind of read by that in a, in a quick way. The Lord does not respond to him. No, you didn't. <laughs> he just, he, he, he goes on to add a requirement, but implicitly, at least the, the Lord was acknowledging. Yes. Yeah. You did that. This, this would have been the greatest human that any of us would have ever known if he managed to keep the commandments. It, that the Lord lists, he says, yeah, I, I did all that. And the Lord says, all right, yeah, you did. Um, but he says, now sell all that you have, give to the poor and come follow me. So, and, and then, and we know the story. He, he's, he becomes sorrowful and, and in Mark. And I love this phrase for its power. He went away sorrowing. And so young people, the lesson from the rich young ruler applies to all of us eventually, eventually the work of the spirit in us will touch something that we do not have the ability to let go of. Eventually, eventually in his transformative operation within us, the spirit will touch things that are so central to the core of our being that we don't, we don't even know what we would be without them. We don't have any idea what it would mean to give that up. It doesn't matter what it is. It may be silly. It may be the most heartfelt thing Eventually, we will all come to the same crossroads, the same situation that we cannot do what the, what the Spirit is saying. And we come to the same crossroads, and we have two options. We can stay with the Lord, or we can go away sorrowing. And young people, please, whatever happens, stay with the Lord. I, I firmly believe, and we'll see next chapter in the next Bible Plus on Thursday, we'll see. I, I firmly believe that the, the, the ruler had said, Lord, I can't do that. I, I, I love my money. I, I do. I'm sorry. The, the Lord would have had a way to deal with that. But the, so, so the failure of the ruler, and this is from a message that I heard that is maybe the most impactful message of, I've ever heard to me. The failure of the ruler is not that he didn't realize his own impossibility. He knew it was impossible for him to do what the Lord said, to sell all, to give to the poor, and to follow him. He knew that was impossible. His failure was not that he didn't do it. His failure was that he did, did not go on to contact the God of possibility. The Lord says, with God, all things are possible. So the, the, I don't know what he would have said, but the ruler 
he should have stayed. He should have done, said whatever, Lord, I can't do that, but I need to stay with you. And I, and I believe as we encounter these kind of situations, we need to say, Lord, you're touching this thing in me. Lord, I don't even want to give that up, much less know how I would ever do that, have the power to stop doing that or, or to let go of this thing. But Lord, I need to stay with you. Lord, I choose to stay with you. So that this, I just, I'm so burdened that this would be our response in every situation. Lord, I choose to stay with you. I'm not going to leave you. I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't know what's going to happen, but I choose to stay with you and, and believe in the power of grace and the power, power of God to operate in us. Okay. Um, as I said, we're going to see a, a case study of a man who did this exact thing, a man full of problems. The Lord comes, he ta- he receives the Lord and salvation comes to his house. So, and, and that's going to be on Thursday. It's going to be in Luke 19. Look forward to that. Uh, but for now, uh, just stay with the Lord. Thank you so much. It's always a blessing for me to get to do these. And I pray this is a blessing to you also.